Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We've got Brandon Vogel in the wing, but before we get to him, I want to tell you about our poll question today, which you can vote at HVarsity Radio. That is, if the Big Ten moves away from divisions and allows for three annual opponents each year, beside Iowa, who would be the second team on that list for you to see the Huskers play every year? Is it Wisconsin? Is it Minnesota? Is it a Big Ten East juggernaut? Or is it a conference newbie? You can go over to the Twitter page and vote there, which I think is interesting. It's a, it's a the future potential scheduling format. Uh, I don't think it would cause divide, but I, I will just say it's interesting yeah. because it's, it's different than the conferences that, that we're used to. But at this time, let's bring in Brandon Vogel now because if I don't bring him in now, I'll probably forget about him like I did last week. Uh, so he's here. B Vogues, what's up? Hey, how's it going? What's up, B? Hey, you know, th- this is something that I've been thinking about at least just kind of all week. And I'm going to start with basketball here, if you don't mind, because, you know, even when this team was healthy, you could only see glimpses of postseason light at the end of the tunnel. There were some big wins, but also some tough losses. Peek into the crystal ball, right? Wish upon a star. Now the team full of misfits may still have a chance at postseason. What changed for you? What stuck out to you about this group that's gotten them this far? Um, well, Kasei Tobinaga becoming a 20-point-per-game scorer certainly helped. Um, I don't think kind of the boost that this team has gotten from Sam Hoiberg uh, was anything that I could have seen coming. Uh, good player, liked him out of high school. But he's he's been excellent. I think maybe the broader point for me is, you know, at that point in January where Nebraska had, had its injuries and we were looking at this, we're talking about Fred Hoiberg's future. <clears throat> I, I felt then that this program had, had progressed from where it had been in previous seasons under Hoiberg. And now you're kind of seeing it's, it's kind of being proven to a, to a greater extent by just picking up some of these wins. And I think the lesson there is that the change they made going into this year is that defense is, is largely a mindset and a work ethic. And yeah, you lost two really, really good defenders. But if you've instilled that to a degree, um, you can have some players pick up, pick it up. And if you, you get some good performances out of a guy like Tobinaga, um, Sam Greasel, Derek Walker continue to be important. Um, you can you can still make some progress, so it's it's been impressive. Right, when we were just talking, kind of um, you know about uh, consistency and, and the expectation levels and how long you'd have to do something before we're okay with it. And let's stay with basketball to make the point, though. So now we're kind of talking about hey, Coach Oyberg could win 
Uh, he could win two of these next three. Some people think three or three. Hey, why not go to Iowa City and win the last one? And that would put him at 17 and 14, and you're thinking, man, that is fantastic. Three, four, a month ago, we wondered if he was going to keep his job. Let's say they only win two out of three. We still are happy. We're happy right now. Why do you think it varies in degrees of sports on how fluid we want to be or we're capable of being with our expectations? <laughs> um, a really good question. Uh, I think with Nebraska basketball, we're all well aware of the history. We're well aware of the no tournament victory in, in program history. And I know it doesn't diminish people's passion for, for Nebraska basketball at all, but it does kind of change the scale, I think. And, you know, I was listening to some of your guys' conversation about Iowa football earlier. And, and you know, that's an interesting one, too. Um, like, human behavior is to always aspire to, to something more. I think the luxury from a program perspective, i.e. an AD down, your leadership effectively, is if you can be patient, it, it's kind of the, the, the most scarce resource in college athletics. Um, and it's tough. You're going to have to go from 10 wins, 10 wins under Hoiberg to 11 to 14 or whatever they end up with this year. And it's hard. If you can do it, you effectively avoid hitting that random button, which we all like to talk about coaching hires. I love it as much as anyone. And to think hypothetically about who Nebraska could get, what it could mean, but in reality, it, it often just becomes kind of a roll of the dice, and you hope that works. And at a certain point, you know, coaching ten years get to a point where a roll of the dice is better than what you're getting. I don't know that that Hoiberg's at that point right now. Transition over to football here, Brandon, and we're talking to Brandon Vogel, managing editor for Hale Varsity at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. Keep it with that expectation um, and the expectations you have for the offense and defense going into the spring ball. Is there anything the average fan should be looking for um, to kind of hold them over until the fall? Uh, I mean, spring's going to be plenty interesting from a position battle, sort of roster sorting standpoint. That'll be that'll be a big piece of that. Um, you know, we'll, with the way Nebraska's spring football schedule works out, we'll have a preview of spring football in, in the March issue of, of Hale Varsity coming up. Um I think a big thing for me, you know, Nebraska says it wants to run the ball. If it can run the ball, that's its kind of quickest path, I think, to finding some immediate success. You still got to be able to throw it. And I think the mesh of, you know, a handful of different quarterbacks, potentially uh, a untested, I guess, or unproven, I don't know which is the better word there, receiver group. Is, is a key piece of this. Like if, if I'm, you know, watching spring football and we feel like we've got a good look at, you know, some of what they're actually going to do, that passing game is going to be a big piece of it. And then defensively, um, feel, feel decent about the secondary. I think it's, it's kind of the front seven. There's some sorting to do there, um, particularly on the defensive line and, and also on the outside at, at linebacker. So those are, those are kind of the key pieces for me as I look towards spring football next month. So, B. Vogues, when I'm, I'm kind of looking at um, something or nothing, when we listen to Coach Rule and this staff talk, especially now that Casey appears to have be pretty official, right? <laughs> and he's ahead of schedule in terms of his health, uh, which I think that's out there, isn't it? If not, I apologize. Um, 
Whoops. No, I think we're fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, B, so is it something or nothing? Is it familiarity? Is it the Collins-Rule relationship, former Georgia Tech coach, that has him knowing more about Sims that – at least if you're looking for quarterback juicy sound bites heading into spring, that Sims appears to have the positive nod over Casey Thompson, who won't see spring at all. Is that yeah? Is that's a thing, right? I I, I think it is the thing. Um, when I look at it for me personally, if Casey Thompson was full go, uh, expected to be there for the spring. Um, he would be the favorite in that race for me. And when I look at, you know, statistically, when I look at Thompson at Texas and then at Nebraska and Sims at Georgia Tech, they're, they're pretty close. Like, it's, it's a tough race to call that way. Um, but I do think there's, you know, and there's something to be said from Matt Rule having access to Jeff Collins and his day-to-day impressions of the type of person and player that Jeff Sims was and is. But I think it's been mostly... Well, if Casey's going to be out, you know, at a formative stage in this new program uh, that is emerging at Nebraska, well, that's 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 a bit of a handicap. So I think it mostly stems from that. I, speaking personally, I think that's what's probably changed the mindset for me the most. Now, hearing um, sources have confirmed to me, Damon, also what you mentioned, I think Casey might be a little bit ahead of, ahead of schedule, uh, which makes that interesting and <laughs> knocks that back down a little bit. Hey, you talked about untested and unproven when you talked wide receiving group in, in my uh, previous question. Uh, but are you more confident then in the, in the tight end room because it seems as if they are also untested and unproven, but does their talent, their overall talent level, outweigh that unprovenness? Yeah, um, I, I would include the tight ends with that kind of unproven categorization. I do think, um, you know, based on some of the players that they have, the ceiling appears a little higher. But, you know, <clears throat> when I look at kind of the pass catchers as a whole, I think we're, we're largely looking at a group that it, it's tough to, to point to somebody and say, well, there, there's your guy. Um, and if you think about Nebraska at the receiver position in the recent past, you've kind of had that. You know, you get into those oh crap downs or oh crap situations. You you had a Stanley Morgan Jr., J.D. Spielman, um, Wandale Robinson, and Trey Palmer emerged as that guy this past year. Mm. Which, you know, I I, I want to take a moment and acknowledge like that went about as well as it could have gone. Man, it's easy to it's easy to miss those things, but you ha- at this point last year, all we knew about Trey was he was good enough to have an offer from LSU was behind a ton of really talented guys, had shown some flashes, but we didn't know he was going to be the guy in Big Ten play in Big Ten games in November that if Nebraska needed something, it was just find him. And, you know, it's it's easy to notice when those things don't work out. Uh, I feel like when they do work out, it, they kind of get a little bit overlooked. So shout out to Trey Palmer for reaching, I think, the optimal, the way we all hope any transfer can go for any player. B, no pressure in our last 60 seconds here, but you're one of the few with the mental faculties to maybe recall this. When's the last time Nebraska had spring football without it being broken up by spring break? Uh, really good question. Because um, I think Polini almost always yeah, had, I, I, had it divided. Um, 
I tried to walk myself through it with Drew down last segment, and we're going back some years. Yeah. Right? And, and I mean, it, I, I think so. Um, I, I can't remember one specifically. I'm guessing there was probably one in there that I'm forgetting, either under Riley or, or Ooh, maybe I don't know. once. Yeah. I mean, you might be you might be all the way back to to Callahan, and I mean, you know, it's a spring football schedule, but it certainly kind of caught my eye. It like, caught oh, mine too, and we're we're gonna get into why I think yeah. he did that. Appreciate it, B. Thanks, Vogel. All right, guys, have a good one. Hey, coming up next, stick around. We'll talk just that.